Whoa, what was that? That felt very bumpy. Yeah, you can say that again, Serenade. That felt very bumpy. I'm trying to isolate it with the device, but it looked like a temple explosion. I'm reading tachyon particles everywhere. There seems to be some weird convergence in the time streams. Ah, what does that mean? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Serenade. That means someone from the future has travelled back in time to a point where multiple timelines could have existed, thereby erasing all timelines. They cancel each other out. Ah, still don't get it. Um, if someone drops a pebble in a river, uh, it stops the flow of time after that point. But imagine if someone threw two pebbles, one into the river and one... Ah. Actually, you know what? Back to the future rules. Okay? Ah, what does that mean? Oh, God. Pop culture reference. Um, don't worry. I'll have this in hand. Okay. I trust you. You're, you're smart. Thanks, Aaron. It's always nice to know you have my back. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. Right. Let's see if I can locate the disturbance. Accessing library computer data. Space time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second and contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. <laughs> my head's not in it today. Oh my god, why have I done it again? <laughs> Never mind, don't worry, we'll uh... go again. We'll go again. Right, okay. Oh. oh, I hate myself. I hate myself. I really do. <laughs> Crying out loud. Oh. Right, welcome to the Temple Trek podcast. <laughs> this is season two, episode three. Right, listeners, okay. I forgot to hit record again. Um, now, this is season two, episode three of the podcast. This hasn't happened yet, but season three... <laughs> I will do this again in an Enterprise episode where we had to go and watch it over two days and we really didn't want to. Um, fortunately, I caught this within 10 minutes of uh, of us recording. Um, but we cover quite a bit. <laughs> so this is season two, episode three of uh, the podcast and we're coming out of 2004 from Carpenter Street and into 2024. And we are in season two, episode three of Picard. Now I had this whole bit, I had this... Um, this wonderful bit of comedy, which wasn't really very funny, but you know, <laughs> um, it was basically assuming that I was still recording season two and I was in 2020, but I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I've just wasted Dan's time again. So we're in assimilation. My guest today is Dan Hockfield from the Academic Trek. How are you, Dan? I'm okay, thank you. Yes, very well. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's almost like I've heard you say that before. Oh God! Right. Okay. We're in ten minutes and, and five seconds of Enterprise yes. of um, Enterprise of Picard. Uh, Les Arena has crashed and yes. it has hit Earth. And oh yes. my God, you had such good points, and I completely missed it by not hitting record. Um, yes, they crash on the planet Earth. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um... My thoughts. I've got to re re remember my thoughts. The other, actually, one thought I did have that I didn't mention when we didn't record Go for was it. that um, what we're we going to do with the bit in between leaving the twenty fourth century and arriving in the twenty first century. 
where does that fit now this is interesting because uh when we did enterprise there was um in the 1940s there was the alternate world war ii or post-world war ii when the nazis took over so what we was going to do is that little bit where they're time traveling um it says that there's a temple fissure that they have to go into so up to them entering the temple fissure is the 24th century yep when they're inside the temple fissure they are effectively moving into the next time bit but they are moving backwards so we're going to do all of 2024 yeah up to that bit yep. then watch that bit right so we're going back to this episode that five second clip of them sort of seeing into the future and then we'll go and then carry on with enterprise right. and then when we eventually get to the 24th century it will be up to that point so i think there's a bit where a, a tear is going down yes. gerard's ear uh, her face yeah so as soon as it stops that's yep. the point that's the second when we're going to be okay. stopping the 24th century and then from the point where it goes back up again that's yep. us at the end of this watch through of picard right <sighs> but anyway the crashing on the thing yes, yes. um I mean, I'm glad they didn't crash in Los Angeles. Yes, yes, because that would have that would have caused issues. I think there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But as we said briefly earlier, is you know there must have been some French dude on the radar system mm-hmm. or whatever it is they've got, you know, going. Mm, there's a bleep. What's going on? <laughs> but perhaps he could be. Perhaps he's on strike. Maybe. You know? Oh, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Yeah. yeah. The the radar and satellite people they just don't care, and that's it. Their their union break is up, and yep. they weren't looking at the time. Absolutely. So yeah, and and luckily there's space for it to land. You know, Very without true. crashing into the the, the um, vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> but as you were saying before, I forgot to hit record that these sorts of episodes or the the latest uh, starts of Trek take a concept which could have taken an entire episode mm. and squashes it into five seconds yeah um did you want to go back over any of that <laughs> yeah i mean i think we, we were talking about strange new worlds the second episode you know the, the bit with the music mm-hmm. um i think if that was a tos episode it would have taken the whole episode to solve that music problem mm-hmm. but now what happens is that we have these problems that are in i think it was in was it in discovery that that bit with the aliens on when they landed on the planet and mm-hmm. you know they sort of solved it really quickly and it's a problem with with new trek for me um and i think um not so much this scene because you know the crashing can be quite quick but certainly the stuff after elnor's death mm. you know the stuff with raffi and and um picard that could have expanded and it could have been you know the fallout between all the characters you know all the characters would because it was almost like Raffi was devastated and no one else gave a monkey. Mm. You know, it was almost like that. And then and then Raffi, you know, the next next scene, I'm not sure if it's exactly the next scene, but within sort of five minutes, she's off on the on the transport and off going off to Los Angeles. Whereas, you know, again, it's a problem, I think, with with the very short seasons. If this was a fifteen episode season, you could use a whole episode to to explore this sort of emotional thing. And it, it, I think, you know, it makes me think about the Sopranos and the wire and the West wing and stuff, you know, these, these are slightly longer. I'm, I'm not sure how long the wire and surprise, but they were longer than, than sort of 10 episodes. Mm. And it had time to really sort of let things develop and let things boil over. And, you know, the, 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 the complexity of those, that's what I think new star Trek lacks is that it's, it's attempting to, 
produces prestige television, this this quality television, but it lacks the time in order to really allow storylines and characters to really sort of percolate and develop and and become something over a season. Mm. You know, I mean, I haven't watched The Sopranos or, or The Wire for quite a while, but I mean, you know, they were that was great television, great television. And I think part of that was the fact that they didn't have to get from here to, to from A to B mm-hmm. to C to D so quickly. And it, you know, so you could sit and really absorb this story and, and, you know, so yeah, I think the whole sort of thing of, of Raffi's anger could have expanded out and, you know, maybe not the whole episode, maybe sort of, you know, for 10, 15 minutes, even mm. just to let it happen and let the interactions between the crew develop you know the the fallout from Elnor's death you know I mean there's a little bit where they're they're powering up the um the transporters and they say we can grab some energy from the um life support yes and Raffi sort of drops in saying well we could have done that before you know we could have used that energy and that you know there's, there's, there's little bits of that dotted in but they could have really you know that could have been a, a sort of you know a 10 minute argument between mm. the characters and I think that would have been, you know, and it would have been very rich. Mm. And that's what I think, unfortunately, New Trek lacks. Particularly, I think Discovery is, is guilty of that. The pace is too quick. Mm. Um, and I think Picard, certainly in this episode, I'm not sure, I'm trying to think about the rest of the season. I mean, I think it's it's guilty of that throughout, really. But if they gave themselves just a little bit more space, another two or three episodes even, they could they could just enrich this a little bit. Mm. Yeah, um, this is something um, we've come across with uh, with Babylon Five again. I keep mentioning this, but um, the one, one thing Babylon Five does is it overlaps quite a lot of its stories. So there'll be a scene for uh, one of the ambassadors, and you won't think it, it's going anywhere. And then two episodes later, it comes back up again. Oh, that's why that happened. So now we've got this, um, but essentially more of the episode is given over to that concept for the episode. So, you know, Captain Sheridan gets abducted this week, but then five seconds of the episode, there's like a set up for this ambassador has to go off and talk to this council and all this sort of stuff. Um, I feel like this episode could have been, they have to crash or control their crash. They figure out landing zones. They're, they're still in the, 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 the throes of whatever the Borg Queen is doing with their control room. Elnor is dying. They're balancing it out. All the characters could be off trying to do this. They eventually crash maybe midway through the episode. Um, and then once they're on the ground, then it's, oh, we've got to switch this off. So Picard and Rios go off, have a little conversation in the conduit. You know, he's handing in the spanner whilst they're talking about, you know, are you sure we want to be doing this and all this sort of stuff. And then he goes and have another conversation with Rafi or Girati comes in and then looks after Elnor so Rafi can go and help Rios and then Rios can have a conversation. Seven then has some other, something else with Picard. We can talk about the board. Can we really trust them and everything? They could take their time with a whole episode just on board the ship before we beam off to a uh, LA and before we do the actual mission as it were um, 
but I do like that at least they they set out what the the mission for the season is by clearly saying fix the queen find the watcher fix the timeline and that does seem to be sort of like a, a template for modern tv is that you know you need that kind of you know save the cheerleader was was heroes yeah, season yeah. one you need a clear vision and things like that and this at least season two of picard at least seems to have that as opposed to maybe picard season one which felt a little bit looser and didn't really have a direction to go in yeah. um i'm just wondering if that came across for you and whether that was true yes i think so i think you know there's been criticism of this season and to some degree i understand that i mean it's not perfect of course it's not perfect but i think it's a pretty strong season and i think actually um the fact that they they had this this rigid rigid not rigid uh, more sort of set they knew what they needed to do they needed to get them from going back in time in from this this dystopian future to fixing that and coming back and and getting back to their their timeline and i think that that helps the season a lot and it keeps the the sort of the the momentum going on on the season definitely mm. Mm. um and the first part of that is that picard and gerati are then going to go off and do their bit which is interrogate yep. the, the ball queen try and figure yes. out what she knows what she knows about the watcher and where exactly the uh disturbance in time the convergence as they're so, as sort of calling it um has come from yep. Girati is able to jury rig a bridge over to the queen uh now obviously this is set much more in the future from when Borg, borgs were taking picard and making the cutis um so you'd think the technology has progressed to the point where they probably could do that and it's believable that that's possible but if it takes so long to assimilate someone yes uh, uh, that's at least when picard had that experience if they can advance technology to be able to build a bridge why hasn't the borg advanced to be able to assimilate people quicker it just mm. seems to be a very weird sort of... yes i mean i think that's that's a sort of storytelling mm. You know, that's a, a sort of storytelling dodge. <laughs> One thing about this scene is how hard is Girati? Mm -hmm. He sticks that thing in the neck. He doesn't even flinch. There's not even a, <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, I, you know, she's like, ah, I'm. Well, maybe it's just, maybe it's just like glue. Maybe there's not even maybe, like pricks. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just, just like glue. A, it's like one of those, is it Apple that do those little um, magnetic um, power connections? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. So don't plug the thing in. You just sort of touch, yeah. touch it, and that's just that's yeah. it. Just a little connection. Yeah, yeah that, that's probably what it is. It's just a little bit of skin to metal, and that's all yeah. you need. Um, maybe everyone's got magnets just already floating in there in their skin. Um, Rafi is keen to get going, and then yep. we're pushing into going into uh, Los Angeles. Yep. Um, she scans for a high tower in uh, Los Angeles because that's yep. where they're going to be able to scan because they reckon the watch has probably got some really cool tech that they'll be able to, uh, to figure out where things are. Um, and they start looking for clothes, and we come across some jacket yeah. with like a, yes. a, a, a assimilation like bad symbol on the side you know they rip the patch off and stuff like this i mean what future did they escape from i have no idea um but uh anti-borg clothing um yes i kind of like I, it I, I think it's interesting I, I wondered about this and i think maybe you know they missed a trick here hmm. what they should have done is they should have activated the um hang on i'm gonna get the right letters in my my mind uh hang on Boo, 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 just just uh just talk amongst yourselves hang on 
brain, come on, brain, come on, brain. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this last night. I was really chuffed with this idea. Um, oh, God. The EQH. EQH. Ah, could this be the emergency quartermaster hologram, perhaps? Exactly. We needed that. <laughs> <laughs> is that based on um on, on the quartermaster from um oh i think uh, it's from the enterprise it, era isn't it that's right yes, yes. oh yeah that's yeah. that's coming up in season three so that's a really yeah. good idea keep that point in mind and then we'll bring that up in season three when i bring you in um actually would you like to be the host in season three because i am looking um, for a host at the moment do you honestly, i'm not sure it's a good enough podcast mate I don't no I wanna, okay no. fair enough that's all right okay uh, honestly it's getting better um <laughs> Uh, yeah again listeners you have no idea what that was there was a whole comedy bit that we set up and i completely forgot to hit record but uh yes um I, i'm pretending like i'm still in 2020 recording season two but uh we kind of pushed that to one side after a while and uh we are gonna go on to um halfway through assimilation uh is um uh, a halfway route to hell is no good with picard um Girati's subconscious now starts talking and yes. we get her so this is a uh gcse drama hot seat this is this is every time the dra the drama teacher sat down and said right you've got your character now we're going to pass questions over to you and you have to respond like you are there um but done really well like i really like how she moves from one to the other the other i have some issues with this scene actually oh let's go for it yeah I, I, I think her performance is really good. And yeah. I, I love that bit at the end when it's, um, is it me, 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 me? Mm -hmm. you know, that was really great. The only thing I've, I don't like about it is I don't, I don't know about you, but my brain isn't rooms. Right. It's all, <laughs> I mean, I know you've got to find a way to sort of describe this. Mm -hmm. But for me, like I was thinking about this, mine's a sort of big soup. <laughs> <laughs> of, you know all these bits are all sort of you know they're not do you know what i mean and i just i mean it, it's sort of done quite often that idea of you know rooms in your mind and stuff mm -hmm. and maybe it's just me maybe everyone's got mind rooms in their minds but i i don't <laughs> you know so that that's my sort of bugbear with that is that it's sort of cod psychology it's sort of you know this idea and she sort of goes into the the fear room and she goes into the anger room and yeah so that's all the, the performance itself i think is really good she does a really good job but i i just yeah it, it doesn't feel like a brain to me yeah i don't have a mind palace i'm not sherlock holmes exactly yeah i don't compartmentalize my emotions like you know if i'm fearful and angry at the same time yeah, yeah. they're gonna get blurred but i mean maybe that's just bad diy in my head i'm not very good at it you know in real world why would i be good at it mentally um yeah though I imagine that she doesn't do that in her own mind, but because she was examining uh, effect effectively a living computer in the Borg Queen, mm. the Borg Queen compartmentalizes it. So yes. yep. she has created a fear room, a joy room, uh, a sadness room, and she's interrogating these and she's trying to push the right buttons mm. in Girati. Like yeah. Girati doesn't do this. If if Girati's walking around day to day, she doesn't just only access her uh, her sad room. I was thinking it, it's the Borg Queen trying to assimilate her, so she's she's compartmentalized okay. in the way a computer would. Yeah, and that that's her undoing is that she can't see uh, the spectrum. She can only see a certain information at a right. certain time, yeah. and that's why Girati can outdo her because she can 
access both rooms at the same time and all this sort of thing. So she's doing all this uh, fiddly widdly stuff that she's um, mining the the Borg Queen for while she's trapping her in the rooms of her mind. But no, uh, absolutely. It, it is a big problem I have with lots of sci-fi, lots of fantasy. Yeah. Um, we're going to go into room after room after room. Yeah. I am so glad they didn't do that. that they didn't go into her mind and visualise it in some yes, way. Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, they didn't hook her up to a holodeck and we're and Picard's walking around the rooms with her yeah. and like, oh, God, get out of the head bits, please. Admittedly, it would have made less of an episode to watch. So there we go. Right, let's jump over to the next meeting and we'll cool. go from there. Recording well done, mate. in progress. Recording in progress. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, LA, we get the tourist video of LA because they are beaming out and they're going there. Yeah. We get a bit of like modern music as well, you know, like um, yeah. California Dreaming, but done as a yeah. cover and it's all slow. I don't think I've ever seen modern music in our time travels before. No, I, you're right. You know, yeah. I mean, modern to that time. So contemporary, the only time we've got contemporary music is Goodnight Sweetheart in um, the uh, City on the Edge of Forever. So it's oh, contemporary yes. music for the time. Yes. But it's not, you know, it's not yeah. really played over a visual stunning imagery of LA. Come visit LA, even though everything's on fire. Yay. Um, uh, but it, it, I don't know, it just felt really weird watching a Star Trek episode with yes. what is essentially drone footage of a yep. city with some modern music playing. Yep. Um, just any thoughts on that? Like it, visually, it, this series is very different to everything. Miami Vice is my fault. Very true. Ooh, <laughs> it yes. just really made me think of the introduction to Miami Vice. You remember? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And and everything else, like you know, you were other shows at that time, like Dallas, when they, they used to like yeah. go over Dallas and do 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 do. Yeah. Yes, it really is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that was what that was the vibe they were going I, for. I like. wonder, yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely, yeah. Ah. Um uh, Raffi beams in on a street and yes. she's in between some uh, some lorries and, and some vans and things like that. Um she looks like she just stepped out of twenty twenty four. But yes. her outfit, the one she was able to make and cobble together <laughs> from all the uniforms, is spot on. Um, Seven um, materializes in a park, and the kid asks if she's a superhero. Um, you, you aren't a fan of kids in Star Trek. Was this kid <laughs> an exception to this rule? Or I'll, I'll let this kid off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she only had one line, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't there long enough to annoy yeah. me. If she kept on coming back and she kept yeah. on talking about the superhero she saw in the park, then fair enough. Yeah. And Rios uh, materializes up yes. in the in the air and plummets to the ground. Yeah. Um, I didn't know uh, transporters could do that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, well, I, I let him off on that one because there's that thing he's, but that Girati, I think, says about the, about the, something, uh, what is it? Like the movement compensation or something? Ah, I see. I know. So I, I didn't catch that. that so happened. Ah, of course. Movement compensators. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever it was, did not work. I can't remember quite what it was called, but it was something to do with the spin of the earth and they can't, comp you know, can't compensate for it yeah, yeah okay fair enough that's right maybe they but, were trying yeah. to bounce it off the french satellite and because they're still on strike they can't you know exactly. they can't do it exactly. um the the he plummets yes it's it's filmed like a comedy beat like a yes. Yes. and yeah. then he like smacks himself smacks again <laughs> yeah. and it, again comic beat comic beat and then smacks onto the floor to reveal a puddle of blood I and know. it's horrific 
it, it goes is, from comedy comedy horrific that, that's yeah. not how it works yeah um just did that feel sort of unusual to you because i don't know it just felt very weird to me that they were like hey come visit la comedy comedy kill him um you know it's, it's i very liked odd it week. actually i liked really? it yeah i did because it felt it felt really quite real to me <laughs> It, you know, when he smacks into the thing, it's like, oh, you can really feel that, can't you? You're like, oh, that is going to hurt, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it hurt. But I don't know. It just felt really weird that they were, it was building up this comedy thing. And then all hmm. of a sudden, he's yeah. left bleeding out on the floor. I, very weird. Um, uh, but he's then dragged off to the Mariposa yep. Clinic. It, it just goes straight into it. It's not, yes. he gets found. You know, yeah. as we've seen in other episodes of Star Trek, you know, someone who lays on the ground like that, eventually someone will find him. Yeah. That will be a scene. Um, yeah. You know, maybe he's not cognizant of it, but someone tries to steal something off him and all this yeah. kind of stuff. That's what we tend to see in Star Trek. But in this, we, you know, he's he dragged in, yeah. straight in. Um, no hospitals. He's murmuring in his sleep. Yeah. Um, uh, his combadge gets taken by a kid. Yeah. Uh, Raffi and Seven find the Sanctuary Districts and I did like Sanctuary Districts as a, as a callback. It wasn't overt, it wasn't in your face, it's only yeah. if you see the little poster in the background, you know what's coming up. Now obviously, yeah. the placement of this episode in the podcast, that hasn't happened yet, but mm. we do know about Sanctuary Districts in our history books. Um, just uh, any thoughts on bringing in such a, a good reference like uh, Sanctuary Districts? Is it too much fan service or does it at least keep it consistent? No, I think it's fine. Again, because it's not quite the sanctuary districts, is it? It's not like the, the fenced off areas, you know, that sort of mm. stuff yet. So I think that that's good. That's not that that's coming. Mm -hmm. And if you know, you know. If you don't, it doesn't matter. What I will say is that um, Raffi is a badass motherfucker. Isn't she? <laughs> yeah, she is. Five seconds. She's almost yeah. mugged. But no, nah, it's fine. She took him out. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> she really did deal with him, didn't she? Um. <laughs> I've, I, the only thing I would say is I felt that that little little monologue. Yes, I, I liked it, but I don't think they handled it overly well. I think it could have been handled better. Mm -hmm. I think that the point is there to be made, and it's absolutely there to be made, and it should be made. Yeah, but it just felt a little bit clunky to me. Mm -hmm. It felt like a speech lifted out of another Star Trek episode mm. that had been plugged in because they need they they needed to say it. Yeah, as opposed to uh, you know something that naturally came out of their conversation. Yeah. Had they had the episode on La Serena in the yeah. crash, you know, this is a, a horrible time. You know, why is the convergence here? This is yeah. a dark time for humanity. And then they continue to have that conversation once they've beamed out to LA. Um, it, it would have flowed better, but we didn't have that. Yeah. Um, we just knew that we were in 2024 at that time. Yeah. Um, Back on La Serena, uh, we're getting a few more um, uh, sort of monologues from Girati. Then it's the hand bit, you know, that it's mine, 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 oh, yes, mine, mine, yeah. mine, mine. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Borg Queen is now cognizant, and she's sort of yes. being very seductive with uh, Lacutus again, like "Hello, uh, my ex-boyfriend." You know, yes. it's, it's a, almost that's the way she's talking to him. Um, she talks through her. We get Watcher. We get the number fifteen, and yes. then. Picard pulls the plug. Yep. And then uh we go to Seven and Raffi at the tower. But really sort of speaking about the the scene, we get like the little ticking clock on the pad where he's sort of mm. monitoring the percentages. 
um, the Borg Queen is back and we're sort of talking about her. Do you feel like this Borg Queen is very similar to the Borg Queens we've seen before or will see in the future as far as this podcast is concerned? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think she's maybe more... I was going to say confident, but that's not the right word. But she's very sort of focused and very sort of, despite where she is, you know, her situation isn't great. She's at, mm-hmm. sort of at the mercy of, of Picard and the rest of them. Mm. But she's got that, that real deep confidence yeah, and arrogance, which I don't think we see. It's bizarre. I don't think that the ball queen comes over as arrogant, particularly she's sort of self-assured mm-hmm. but she feels very arrogant in this she's feel very sort of aggressive and again that's a weird thing to say because the ball queen is aggressive but mm. there's a different it, there's a difference yeah mm. yeah this is a very uh, more human interpretation mm. of the ball mm. queen whereas uh, the ball queen we will eventually see uh, in first contact and um you know in some of the episodes of voyager feels like an alien Yes. Being, uh, you know, yeah. an alien way of looking at things the way she talks the way she conducts herself um it, it's it's not it's, it is seductive and like you say it's it's an aggressive aggressive pose and a posture but it's not necessarily um you know the the cougar i guess yeah i i, I hate to use the word but she she comes across as this older woman this predatory older mm. woman um, that we've never really seen before. We've seen a sexualized queen yep. in First Contact, but we haven't really seen this. And there is a very big difference in the two performances. Obviously, that's because there's two different actresses and it's a very yep. interesting uh, interpretation. And I was wondering if that's because she's so disconnected from the Borg, because she's on her own, because she yes. isn't herself, she is different. Yeah, and- yeah perhaps she's having to sort of style it out, I suppose. Mm. she's very weak when you think about it she's actually incredibly weak at this point she has no drones Mm. she's she's alone which for the ball queen is is unique i suppose you know in a way Mm. um so she has to sort of compensate maybe Mm. maybe yeah (laughs) maybe it's a fear mechanism yeah maybe um seven and raffi at the tower you're not as fun as kevin um and that they pretend to be a couple because they want to uh yep. capture an image you mean to take a picture yep. um people are liking seven she doesn't have her ball implants so something yep. again timey wimey has yep. happened to her we haven't seen that happen as far as this episode is concerned but she seems to be getting on well with people in the mm. 21st century now I, I was wondering is that a comment on the 21st century or is that a comment on seven i think it's more a comment on on difference. Mm. So when she interacts with people in, in the 24th century, she is Borg or she's ex Borg and people you know, it's, you, you can't help it. Mm. You know, you can't help, but be aware of that and what the Borg means, you know, the fear that the Borg generates mm. and that, that, that fear sort of expands, extends to um, seven to a degree. You know, it's a bit like if you're walking down the road at night and a bunch of teenagers come along. Now, you know, teenagers, most teenagers are fine. They're not, you know, but you can't help, even if you want to sort of pretend you're not worried about it or you're Mm -hmm. not sort of at least, you know, a little bit of sort of, oh, okay. You do, you can't help it. 
and it's sort yeah. of like that do you know what I mean and, and, but without her implants she's just another person yeah and she hasn't got that baggage to, to carry with her I mm. think yeah yeah that, that makes perfect sense to me there's there's certainly a lot of evidence in that in this episode you know the way she approaches the, the girl and says yes I am a superhero you know keep my secret she just she is different and again just like the ball queen she is working in a different way of uh, of being you know being herself um, um, even though her personality traits are different to what we've seen before mm. um, Mariposa Clinic uh, the doctor we finally get to meet the doctor we haven't heard her name at this point but she's like getting him to walk he can't do it he's obviously got a concussion there is a an instant rapport at least yes. for me yeah, between these two characters i think it is straight away it wasn't yeah. something that sort of gets developed later in another yeah. episode um she gets the whole classical guitar vibe from him and there's yeah. there's a flirtiness straight off the yeah. bat um she gets him to say his favorite memory and we get drawn in and drawn in just about that and then uh, she oh. cracks oh. the knuckle back in oh. um, Oh, that bed got to hurt, man, and it quite... bedside manner. Uh, do you feel oh. like maybe she was the basis for quite a lot of bedside manners in Starfleet <laughs> to come? <laughs> oh man, that is like that is oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I would love to see if there's like a, a Dr. Teresa file in EMH's program. Just yeah. To, yeah, there we go. Um, they're watching washing his weird clothes now. They didn't look weird to me. Like I felt like they could easily yeah. pass for 2024 clothing. Are they made of some weird space fabric? Is things just bouncing off it? Or... Well, yeah, I mean, I wondered about that because, I mean, I know he's sort of hit the deck pretty hard, mm -hmm. but he's only just put them on. It's not like he's been wearing them for three weeks or something. <laughs> you know, why did he need to wash them? It was, that was odd. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the blood looked like it was pulling away from his head. Yeah, maybe but, the blood. I didn't think of the blood. I was thinking like dirt and stuff. <laughs> well, it could be. It could be. I just don't know. Because the, the way he landed and then there was the pool around his head, there wasn't anything going down. So, you know, mm. maybe it was just a couple of splotches and she just wanted an excuse to you know to, to dig it in that you have bad fashion sense. I don't know. Um, but it is. it does play into a little theory I've always had with Star Trek is that I, I think that the uniforms and clothes that they wear in the future are some sort of weird smart clothing that there is something about them because yep. they always go down to a planet and um you know they've got no fear of contamination or anything like that so i always feel like their 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 suits their uniforms must have some sort of protection in them you know something like that um you know it's not the 22nd century it's not like they should be wearing ev suits all the time which obviously they do obviously all the time um but uh yeah i've always felt like there should be a space fabric that there should be some explanation that there is something built into the clothes that makes them unusual uh because as far as what they look like I felt like that was good fashion for 2024. Yeah. Um, Raffi and Seven, again, we get another sort of conversation that feels like it's plugged in from a different Star Trek episode, talking about the fires in LA, everything's burning. Oh, yes. What are we yes. doing? You know, uh, you know, is it worth saving? Uh, it's almost like Trek is political. Um, Rios's badge is going off and they're wondering yes. if it's Morse code and it just turns out it's just a kid hitting the <laughs> button over and over again. <laughs> Uh, it, it, that does make me think like all those times that scientists feel like oh we've found signals from so and so pulsar and was it, is it just a you know a godlike entity just hitting the button hitting the star too many times <laughs> um, but uh, the kid actor 
again yes. another kid actor but this time we get to see a lot more of him mm. did he annoy you like he's annoyed some other kid actors before no he didn't actually no no he's okay I, do you know what I hadn't even thought about that that's funny so obviously he didn't bother obviously me didn't. I would have I would have I would have been uh, ranting by this point <laughs> <laughs> I think you know Rios met his match you double yeah. played him like you know you he just did. told me stealing is wrong and you're going to yeah. steal from me again um, we get real peanut butter yes no, now, if there's now one, it's in- really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, one indictment of the future is there's no peanut yeah. butter. I don't yeah. think I want to live in that future. <laughs> um, but yeah, any thoughts on, on real peanut well, butter? Well, it, it's the whole thing about um, replicators, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, surely if you can, rep- I mean, it doesn't make sense because if you can replicate a a, a product like peanut butter, mm-hmm. then it's it's it is peanut butter. <laughs> so why does it taste like peanut butter? It's it's a really odd one. I mean, I think again, this is a little reference. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think where where we've seen that before, but certainly I think we do. You know, I think on DS9, um, Cisco cooks quite often, doesn't he? Because he likes to cook from fresh and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. because it's it's nicer or better or whatever it is. But it's a really odd one. I mean, surely, you know, they would have been able. To, I mean, maybe peanut butter didn't exist. And they, you know, they had to guess what peanut butter was like. It was like the first episode of, uh, it was like the cage. You know, they had to just guess what a human looked like. Could be, could you be. Know. They didn't get it quite right. Exactly. Yeah. But does that mean all the peanut butters were, were wiped out in World War Three? Well, exactly, yeah. No peanut butter. Yeah. And there's no frame of reference. Like half yeah. of, I mean, they always talk about the loss of life. Half of the species on the planet yeah. is gone. They never talk about the foodstuffs. They don't. Um, the peanut butter. It's all gone. <gasps> I don't know. I'm going to have to seriously think. Do I want universal peace and exploration throughout the universe, but no peanut butter? Exactly. Or do I want peanut butter and live in a horrible world? It's a tough call. It's a tough um, call. It's 50 yeah. 50 for me. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, but uh, he needs to um, go away, give him his badge back, because otherwise he won't get any Rick or Morty. And yes. I, I love that reference. I know it's silly, but obviously the fact that the guy who made Rick and Morty is making Lower Decks. Yep. I like the connection there. Um, he does get the badge back for like a millisecond. Yes, yes. And then ice turn up. Yes. Um, but the Queen awakens. They've arrived before the Divergence and she wants some legs. She wants, she wants a ship. Um, that was her like price again yeah. uh, with Picard. Um, she's getting more and more lucid and it still plays into this idea that she's different somehow and we go back to the clinic again with the Mariposa clinic ice raids and Rios just can't help himself he just has to go back for her he's almost out the door he just gets out there and that's it Um, any thoughts on having the ice in this episode is it believable to have a real world thing like this and the sanctuary districts, you know, does it play that well? No, I quite like it actually because I think um, I think it it sort of we're on that cusp, aren't we? You know, if we are entering a sort of ecological disaster, which you know, to be brutally honest, it looks like we are, mm-hmm. sadly and terrifyingly. Um, you know, one thing I think which will, I mean, twenty twenty four maybe is a bit early. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it was set sort of 2030, 2020, you know, sort of that sort of thing. I don't know, you know, that, that, that's semantics. But, um, you know, one thing that would be happening increasingly, and it's already happening, I mean, the whole sort of, you know, 
wall mexican wall and stuff and all the madness and <laughs> and in this country the sort of border force and all that stuff you know we would be people would would be moving Mm-hmm. from places that are more affected to places that are less affected and sadly the, the the people that are living in those less affected places effectively the richer places would be even more sort of fascistic about stopping people mm. so I, I like it a lot actually I think it's a really good commentary and you know and it helps with the, the sort of you know the, the whole thing of not getting involved with the authorities and stuff it's a really nice way of doing it i think mm. so yeah i i think it's it's right and it's i mean i don't know enough about american sort of politics and stuff that's going on right now but i know ice exists mm. um and it's you know it's it's there already and i'm sure it's doing stuff like this in this episode you know it's so yeah i think it's really good actually i like it a lot yeah for me it blended in really well it, yeah. it's so believable that we go from one state of affairs and within two years we could see uh, id chags just like they said in you know what's to come in the future episodes when we get to past tense in ds9 um you don't have the id tags of course you're a dim you need to go into the sanctuary yeah. district the walled off one in san francisco you know there's obviously other places that they're putting people these others these undesirable people yeah. um and you know outside in the other worlds in los angeles of course ice is still here you know maybe they'll change into another uh, organization next year and you know yeah. there, there's always something there uh so it, i think yeah it played really well and i really don't like that guy the guy who arrests him he no. he, he was too smart for his own good because he noticed yeah. that he had the the injury yeah. um and then that's it he gets arrested back on la serena yeah. and the queen uh thinks she's got everything only for gerati to now wake up and say yeah. um are you sure you know everything uh can you access the file i stole from the board queen i love that i love that such a great line <laughs> Yeah. I felt like that was a real Riker swagger. Like okay, I could easily yeah. see Riker say that word. Yeah. And it's like, um, you sure about that? You know, almost like he's playing poker with her. Um yeah. so I, it kind of felt like Girati was was the Riker for this show in that scene, just in that word alone. Um maybe he wouldn't have said I stole, but maybe he would have said something similar. Yeah. I re- yeah, I really like that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. But she's done something far more dangerous than she yes. realizes. You've Indeed. impressed me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like that was a that was a bull queen line that we've seen mm. a million times before. You know, something about her now. There's a sinister nature to what she's yeah. saying. Um, it's not just flirtiness. It's not um, a defense mechanism. She is properly uh, annoyed. Yeah. Um, back at the Mariposa Clinic, um, uh, Rios is uh, then taken away, but we start seeing. <laughs> The com badge on the desk and we hear picard's voice rios rios you're there and that's it the episode ends yeah. um so this is a continuous review of uh, picard season two so we're not really doing a full sort of breakdown and everything like this but from this episode is there any continuity things that we should be looking out before you think maybe a massive ship sitting in france for a second <laughs> yeah um i don't know um no, I don't think we're far enough into the season yet to to start really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure at the moment. I think we're we're yet to see what what yeah enough. Yeah, it's yeah we've got a massive um, trail that that ship has left, all that destruction. So yeah, you know true. if 
if they manage to get at the very end of this season off of um, Earth and they've managed to fly back and yay, they've saved the day, there's a massive trench. So when that's true, when whoever lives in that area is having to look around, well, where did the, where did the thing go? Like, there's there's no meteorite here. Did it just break down? Like, what what was that? Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, very strange. But everything else sort of blends in really well. Like the sanctuary districts, of course. You know, Rafi got mugged. That mugger is going to get knocked out. He was probably going to get knocked out by somebody else as well, but no one would have cared anyway. And if he does go off and mug someone else, um, is there really a big ripple effect from that? Not yep. really, because he's probably mugging all everyone else in the Century District. I have thought of one thing. Go for it. This is sort of ch- cheating in a way, Ooh. because this is a future episode <laughs> of Picard. Yeah. But does the little girl that saw Seven grow up to be an FBI agent? Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. she, she, but she believes there's superheroes in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That does change it. But then, doesn't every kid think superheroes already exist in the world? And eventually, yeah, but she's get... got she's got proof. That sort of, you know, ah. you know, obviously not proof, but proof. You know, she she saw a person appear from nowhere and just walk off. Very true. I mean, it's. Who knows? Maybe this Watcher that we'll meet next week. Obviously, we're going to meet them because it's called The Watcher, this episode. So, of course, we're going to meet The Watcher next week. Maybe we're not. Um, <laughs> but maybe they'll wipe the memory and maybe they'll undo it. We don't know yet. But there's, there's, there's something to look out for in future episodes. What happened to the little girl? So there's there's another butterfly. Um, the badge is there, but yes. you know it's been focused on. So... You know, maybe that techni- technology will be reclaimed at some point and won't get completely lost. Um, Rios is going to get processed, so there's going to be a record of him somewhere. Maybe that's yes. going to be a continuity thing. Who knows? Uh, but there's pl- plenty of things. There's lots of ripples already. There are. Yes, there are. You're right. Um, but fortunately, because of this time travel mission, it appears like season two has just disappeared out of the uh, podcast chronology. So uh, it doesn't really matter right now because it doesn't <laughs> appear to be having any effect on anything. Um <laughs> If uh, going for the other recommendations and, and things like that, yep. we won't do sort of uh, expansions and alterations because obviously there's still more episode to come. Yeah, you know, there's there's very little. And we've spoken about this episode could have been a much smaller thing about just the crash and then yep. do the mission next week. Yep. Um, but was there anything else that you sort of felt like I wish I'd got a little bit more? No, I think generally I enjoyed the episode. I think it was a good episode. It was well paced. Hmm. Um, again, you know, I, I do think we could have we could have focused in a little bit more on the fallout from Elnor, mm. um, and we could maybe have if we didn't do that, we could have maybe focused in on on the Ball Queen and Girati. Maybe that could have been an extended mm. possibly, but I I don't think I'd make alterations really. Mm. Um, I think it's a pretty good episode. Yeah. On that. Do you think it's a good episode of Star Trek? Does it have a lot of Star Trekky stuff in it, but or does it feel like it's still the middle episode? You know, you've still got to get to the good stuff yet. I think this is a this is an issue with um, serialized storytelling, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, do you drop? I mean, like I watched episode one and two mm-hmm. just so that I had an idea about what had happened beforehand. Yeah. So you know, this is really tough. You know, can you drop in to this episode? And the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. Without, you know, without episode two, certainly, with the sort of um, the fascist future, mm-hmm. 
you sort of need to know that because why why change the timeline otherwise sort of thing yeah and so i think rather than recommending episodes of this season i think maybe what i'm going to do is i'm going to right at this point at this moment i recommend this season gotcha yeah to star trek fans um i don't really recommend it to non-star trek fans only because again a i think you need to have seen season one mm-hmm. but really you need to have seen tng yeah so for it to really sort of you know matter why why would you watch picard i mean picard can stand on its own mm-hmm. but without the sort of the richness of seven seasons of tng and picard and you know why why watch this is if you're going to watch a star trek season mm-hmm. you know watch ds9 season one or something or tng well don't watch tng season one because it's pretty poor <laughs> yeah yeah but, you, you know, can skip over the few of that yeah, and, fine, and definitely fine. don't watch season two of enterprise oh no no <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. Obviously, that's way <laughs> off in the future. We haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we've been talking about this, you know, the Queen doesn't quite feel right. Well, we only have that frame of reference from watching all the other Star Trek. So, yeah, exactly. you know, as it is, as a sexual entity, you know, a character, sexualized character, um, an aggressive character, a conquering character, yeah. um, the, the Borg Queen would probably be quite interesting to a no time yeah. visitor, but they've got literally nothing to come with. Why does she not have legs? Why does she not control the ship? Um, why is Jurati trying to jack into her? What, what, what yeah. exactly is going on? Watching it this way with no reference to the previous two episodes, yeah, it's a bit difficult to recommend it. Yeah. And I like that idea, yeah. If, if we'll see, like, where did they drop the ball if they dropped the ball? Yes. Uh, as far as our recommendations up to this point. Once we've finished the season, then yep. we'll see, do we recommend this season to Star Trek fans and non-Star yep. Trek fans? But so far, I, yeah, I enjoy it. The action beats make sense. It might be a little bit too quick, but that's yep. just us. You know, that's, that's yep. a minor quibble, really. Yeah. Okay, then. So all that remains is to sell and set up. So um, I'm bringing in a future thing that we haven't done before, but hey, that's fine. <laughs> um, where can people find you, Dan? They can find me on Twitter at Academic Trek 47. That's where I lurk during my days. Excellent. Um, I've just listened to um, the latest, the new episode of um, of um, Measure of a Fan. Did oh, yes. That, that's in my feed. This morning. Yeah. I've just listened to that. And uh, there was quite a lot of Goblin um, <laughs> read. And um, I sort of do that. I lurk. Yeah. <laughs> treats i'm waiting for treats <laughs> see i'm starting to think that maybe our hatred of of reed and trip is that we're too like the characters i'm thinking you maybe you know yeah, if you're maybe. saying that you're lurking just like he is with goblin reed and you know i hate i hate trip because he puts off jobs that he should really keep be getting on with he, he still hasn't unclogged those injectors for 20 weeks so there we go um it's terrible diy um yeah yeah, well, you don't look. You're there. You put out some quality <laughs> product. You're out there with with academic trek. And it's always good. Oh, how's um, Trekle game going? You all right? Oh yeah, I've had quite a good good. Um, what's the word? A streak on it at the moment. I'm doing quite well. Ooh, very nice. What I do is I, I start with Quark. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. And then I get to about the third line and give up because I just get ah, oh. and I come back to it a bit later. And, and normally I manage to. So I've, I've solved sort of probably seven out of ten the last sort of ten which for me is pretty good i know you're on an impressive street streak aren't you 
I lost the streak. Did so you? Oh, no. Not because I got the wrong word, but because my phone uh, fouled up and I had to reset mm. all my uh, apps data and everything oh, like really? that. So I lost the browser history. So I completely lost the streak. It was oh, gone. No. Uh, everything was gone. I had to re-sign into every app. It lost the logins, everything. But wow. it's a two-year-old phone, so it's getting to that point where yeah. everything is automatically shutting down. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Just like a Borg yeah. queen. Um, absolutely. And that's that's why I'm so out of it. That's why I didn't hit record with everyone. That's uh, that's obviously why it is. My phone completely you know, fouled up. That, that's what it is. It's not yes. that I'm a terrible... It's your phone's fault, isn't it? Yeah, it's obviously my phone's fault, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, right, all that remains is to set up the next episode. Join us uh, next time as we go straight into the episode after the recap. Um, however you're watching it, whether you're watching it on Prime or from other services, whatever that might be. Uh, so I don't know if there's a recap difference in minutes and seconds. So after the recap, we come back in season two, episode three of this podcast, season two, episode 3.1 or episode four of Picard season two, however you want to frame it. Um, it's The Watcher. Now it's called The Watcher. Are we going to see The Watcher, do you reckon? Do you know what? This is one of the wonderful things awful things wonderful <laughs> things i don't know what it is my memory is so poor i have no idea ah. i've literally no idea i've watched this a whole season but <laughs> i finished like two weeks ago mm -hmm. i have no idea <laughs> looking not... ahead we will see the watcher but right at the very end okay oh yeah. i remember yeah i remember the end bit with yeah. the weird dude with the eyes uh-huh because uh -huh. it wasn't it sort of like leaked or something the, the image of him and everyone thought that was the watcher that was the watcher and it wasn't nope. just some dude <laughs> who looks like that normally <laughs> yes yeah it was um yeah, it was one of those episodes where it's in the title so you think all oh, right five minutes in we're going to meet the watcher and now we're going to get on with the mission no no we've got to go on some detours we've got to do some other stuff we've got to do this do that and then eventually we'll get to meet the watcher and then the next episode we actually deal with the watcher and get on with the mission um so yeah maybe that's something to do, discuss next time yes so uh that's from me um as always uh i'm here stuck in the time bubble i don't know if i'll ever get back out this makes no sense because we lost the whole comedy bit that i did at the beginning <laughs> uh but um as always thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next time stream we certainly will whatever that might be so, do we know yet no we don't know what's going on do we because yeah it's all gone a bit weird <laughs> it's all gone a bit pit tong um <laughs> if you'd like to contact the show there's now a twitter account Search Temporal Trek Podcast at Rider underscore Coattail or contact me directly at Hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all. But if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream.